Truth Jihad Radio is 100% crowdfunded and therefore fearless and independent. Please help us stay that way. You can subscribe at my Substack. That's kevinbarrett.substack.com. Or you could send a one-time PayPal donation to truthjihad at gmail.com. Welcome back. This is the second hour of tonight's live Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett of TruthJihad.com, broadcasting on Revolution.Radio, the finest of free speech networks. Please support Revolution.Radio by going to that website. And you can get on my Substack at KevinBarrett.Substack.com. And you can also find your way there by way of TruthJihad.com. All right, let's take another look at that RFK Jr. issue. In the first hour... A.J. Smuskowitz seemingly rebutted Kat McGuire's strongest point in her argument that we have to watch out for RFK Jr. becoming a Democratic sheepdog like Bernie Sanders, herding all of the stray sheep back into the Democratic fold. Well, for one thing, a lot of stray sheep, certainly like uh, me and A.J. and Kat and so on, are not ever going to be herded back into the Biden fold, that is for sure. Uh, but A.J. pointed out that RFK Jr. was actually asked this in that, that recent interview, that adversarial interview he had with that person with the weird name I'm not remembering. And he said, uh, he said, I will never uh, endorse anybody uh, who's supporting the Ukraine war. So that was pretty much a flat out uh, no, he's not going to endorse Biden if Biden's the nominee or whoever the nominee would be if it's not him. They probably will support the war. And so he won't endorse them. And then he gave uh, answers when asked if he would support Trump. He was less definitive about that. And then when he was asked about running as a third-party candidate, once again, he gave the standard disclaimer, I intend to be the Democratic nominee. So that would actually seem to um, go a long way towards disposing of Kat's concerns. But let's find out if it really has by asking Kat herself. Hey, welcome. Kat McGuire, you're one of my favorite activists and commentators, and it's good to have you on the show. Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here and glad you're uh, willing to entertain um, a somewhat contrarian point of view, but um, I really have to say that I totally support Bobby. I'm very much in favor of him. He's so innovative. He's such a, a strong person. He's the exact kind of leader we need right now. So I don't want to, I'm going to vote for him. In the primary, I happen to still be a registered Democrat. Don't ask me how, because I haven't. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You, you must not have gone down to change that for a long time. Um, I, I, I haven't. I haven't voted uh, Democrat since uh, Clinton in like 92. But so, of course, I'm going to vote for him. And I love pretty much, I would say, 99 percent of everything he says. And I'm just blown away by his innovation to um, address the Bitcoin conference, um, to say he's going to not just free Assange, but also free Ross Albrecht, who is a um He's a, a crypto uh, inmate right now in prison unnecessarily. He supports the Second Amendment. Of course, he wants to end vaccine mandates, um, opposes men participating in women's sports, opposes 5G. He's even going to go after medical journals for racketeering with Big Pharma on advertising. So I just I just really want to say I'm highly in support of Bobby, but feel we have to ask some questions. 
Well, that sounds reasonable. So AJ's remarks seem to answer that one question about is he likely to endorse Biden if he if Biden's the nominee? And the answer to that sounds like no. So that that's good, isn't it? Um, I'm not so sure how true that is because, um, well, not so much as he, well, partly is he going to be a sheepdog? Yes, I'm concerned about that. And there's three different ways I think he could be a sheepdog. Um, but I'm also just concerned, why didn't he go independent? So if, if he went independent, he wouldn't necessarily be a sheepdog. He, he wouldn't have to conform to Democrat rules. So, okay, let's go to this whole thing about um, he doesn't have to endorse Biden, or he said he wouldn't endorse whoever um, is still for the war. That's not, a, the war might be over. So that was a kind of a tricky response. Um, he's very committed as a Democrat, and he, I, I believe him when he thinks he can um, turn the Democrat Party around. He really wants to do that. And if anybody maybe could, it's him. But it's kind of almost like an eager Boy Scout going into a crack house and think they're going to clean it up. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been doing a lot of research because my initial thinking was, okay, the, the Democrats definitely aren't going to give him the um, the primary uh, candidacy, uh, the nomination, just like twice in a row, they denied it to Bernie. Um, but so then when that happens after the primary season, he'll just switch gears and go independent. But that's when I realized that that's not really possible because in order to do that, you have to have a pretty well-oiled machine ahead of time. Um, they've done everything they can to um, impinge upon independence actually trying to run on their own. So it's really pretty difficult because you have to get in um, um, you have to get enough signatures from 50 states. There's a lot of things they did, um, not just um, from Bernie, but um, from um, as far back as Ross Perot. Yeah, yeah. How After Ross Perot, they changed all the rules. Didn't want yeah. that to happen again. They changed a ton of rules. And actually, in 2016, there was the DNC um, fraud lawsuit that um, supporters of Bernie brought against the Democratic Party. And that is sort of like an underlying thing that not many people know about. Have you Are you familiar enough with that um, fraud lawsuit, the DNC fraud no, well, lawsuit? Summarize it for us. Okay. Well, basically, um, supporters of Bernie um, took the DNC to court, and it ended up being in a Florida court with a Reagan judge, and that Reagan judge dismissed their lawsuit because they were claiming that um, the DNC didn't live up to its obligations, that um, it's supposed to be able to um, – um, affirm for its members, just like any other corporation would do. You have to respond to your shareholders. And the judge threw it out and um, said that the DNC party is a private corporation and um, it can create and change um, rules however it wants. 
And so um, it can change the presidential primary and nomination rules anytime it wants. And um, it doesn't need to abide by even their own charter, which says that, oh, we'll be neutral. We'll have a free and fair election and uh, there won't be any backroom uh, cigar sessions. The court said you can have any and all of that. And they even um, were um, allowed I mean, this still kind of is a possibility that the um, they have a new DNC chairman now. His name's uh, Jamie Harrison. And what he's allowed to do is um, he can determine if um, the Democratic candidate is a true Democrat or not. Is he living up to the spirit of the law? Because um, part of what well, now I'm getting into something else called the Democratic Oath. Every Democratic candidate, if they want to run as a Democrat, has to sign, in other words, affirm in writing that they are a member of the Democratic Party. Well, that's not so hard. That they'll accept the Democrat nomination. So does that mean their own nomination or the nominee? That's not really clear. And that they'll run and serve as a member of the Democratic Party. So there's all kinds of little things in there. It also says that they'll be faithful to the interests, welfare, and success of the Democratic Party and participate at the convention in good faith. Well, that's just standard boilerplate, isn't it? Yes and no. But a judge threw out, um, when they were sued by Bernie people, um, the judge threw it all out and said they can do whatever they want. So... All of these, they don't even have to abide by, but at a minimum, um, Robert Kennedy had to sign this oath, affirm in writing, if he wanted to run as a Democrat. So he kind of has to go along with all of these things that um, he would show in good faith, that um, he um, also will serve as a member of the Democratic Party. Well, who does that mean he puts in office? So there's just a lot of things in there. And let me get back to this, the the DNC chairperson. They can determine at any point in time that, well, this member, this candidate is not serving in good faith. So he's no longer a good Democrat. I I deem he's not a good Democrat. He he, he thinks men and women are biologically different. Throw him out. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. At that, and it, even it could be done as late as the night before. So who knows? Um, and it's it it it's very doubtful that they're actually going to run a true primary. The primary is almost an illusion, because when you think about it, also, and this happens every year, or excuse me, every um, election year, the nominees are actually chosen by DC members and superdelegates. So no matter who the uh, people register, the registered Democrats vote for, they can be superseded at any point in time. So the whole point of this is that it's it's rigged. Now, we know that they can steal it, but, I mean, it's really rigged. Um, Rigged to the point of, here's an example of what the new D.C. chairman from uh, South Carolina did. His name's Jamie Harrison. Um, he, He summarily... Of course, with his uh, um, the official members um, um, decided that the primary, the the new the first primary of the season will be in South Carolina. The caucuses won't be in Iowa, and there won't be um, a New Hampshire primary as the first one out the gate. 
So that's a gift that, to Biden, of course, because Biden is only in office because of that South Carolina primary. Exactly. And they claim it's for diversity because um, more people of color are in South Carolina and they can speak. But what it does is it undermines um, the rigor, the intellectual rigor and political um, um, uh, discussions and conversations that Iowa and um, New Hampshire traditionally represented. And so that's just one example of how like, huh, boy, they took the rug out of that. Easy peasy. So what else are they going to do? So one big question is, did Bobby sign the oath? That's a really big question. But, but Kat, the, that, that oath, as you read it, it doesn't sound like there's anything in there about pledging to support the Democratic nominee. Well, this true. This is contentious. And so what's interesting is um, uh, the whole question of will Bobby be a sheepdog? Let's remember that um, every losing uh, Democrat primary candidate since Howard Dean has endorsed the dom- the nominee. Now, it's a different era. It's a different age. But um, he could be a sheepdog in three different ways. One is um, if he loses the primary candidacy, then he could um, endorse the Democrat nominee. That's something because who who else would he endorse then? Would he endorse Trump? Trump would or or Sanders uh, or excuse me, DeSantis. I I don't think so. Yeah, and, I, I I don't see it, Kat. I mean, it seems to me he's enough. He's alienated from Biden enough that that's just not going to happen. And the Ukraine war, I'm sorry to say, is not going to be over by then. Um, I think the Ukraine war is going to be over fairly soon. Really? I do. Well, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I it. think. Well, whatever. Um, it it could be based on something else, but I'm not saying Biden's definitely going to be the candidate. Personally, I don't think they're going to um, run against um, run Biden against Bobby because his campaign right now is uh, a juggernaut. Um, he's polling like something like already it just out the gate, like a 26 percent support vote. Um, very, very strong candidate. And I think it's going to be very hard for the Democrats to not make it um, so obvious that they're stealing. They're going to have to put someone else up. Uh, I think they're going to put Biden by the wayside because they don't really need him anymore. Um, anyone they put up is going to be their puppet anyway. And who's that going to be? Who, who can they put up who actually would be a favorite over Bobby Kennedy? Um, well, we have to look and see. This is at the primary level. So it's not favorite among the nationwide population. It's favorite among registered Democratic voters. That's the key. You have to be a registered Democratic voter within that primary. So um, a lot of people wouldn't like Bobby. He already came out against trans. He's for the uh, Second Amendment. He's against the the Ukraine war. So right now within that um, that small group of uh, registered Democrats, um, he has a hard time. What he has to do is his call to action has to be um, if you are are not a registered Democrat, go register. If you're a registered Republican, um, change your uh, um, registration to Democrat. 
that has to be a very strong call to action. And I haven't seen that being made yet. Now, granted, the um, his announcement was just last month. Um, it's hard to get um, a whole campaign off the ground, but that is the key thing. If you don't win the the uh, primary within your party, you're not even going to be at the place where the whole country gets to vote for you in a way that makes sense. So um, I'll, I do want to get back to who's possible running mate or who he'd possibly endorse. I want to get back to that. But what's important to know is that if he doesn't win the primary, and I'm not done talking about that primary yet, what that would look like. But if he doesn't win the primary, then it's very difficult out the gate after the primary season for an independent candidate to have the full oiled machine that they need to get um, the 50 states ballot access. They have to have signatures from 50 states in order to get that access. Filing de um, deadlines for independence is early 2024. And I think the, the first primary, um, March 2024, for the candidates. So you're way behind the eight ball if you haven't already declared yourself independent. If he was going to declare himself independent, now is the time. But he has chosen to go with the Democrats, which I'm, I'm suggesting is strategically a an extremely difficult move. And if he does, he has to have a very strong call to action to register as a Democrat. Because right now, those Democrats don't really like him. Those Democrats are so dumb right now. They would, or not dumb, so controlled, um, e even the left, that they would vote for Biden over Bobby. Well, That's well, well, Kat, let me offer a different perspective. I, I think, yeah, I mean, the, the propaganda machine might keep things that way. But I could see, for example, in that South Carolina primary, I think writing off the black voters as, oh, they'll never vote for Kennedy, eh, that might be a mistake. You know, his his dad actually rode towards success and then was shot down, and the success was partly due to a lot of support from the black community who kind of liked the Kennedy name and legacy. So uh, I think there are a lot of ordinary folks in the Democratic Party who are not these kind of, you know, pinheads supporting all of these bizarre, uh, divisive issues and, and warmongering and such. There are a lot of relatively ordinary people. I think probably the majority of Democratic voters are like that, and they can be swayed by emotional appeals and things. And so uh, I think the Kennedy magic actually could work on a lot of them. It won't work on the hardcore ideologues, but it could work on the others who are the majority. I agree. And I think actually, um, I think they changed South Carolina before Bobby announced. Um but, yeah, I think Bobby could do really well in South Carolina. So, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a drawback for him. But within the party itself, um, he, he is going to need a lot of registered Democrats within the, the actual party itself. That is key. And, yeah, some of them might go his way, but... Um, I think they're going to re it, well, that's why I say he's such a strong juggernaut that I think they're going to have to get rid of Biden. Biden is going to be too easy for Bobby to beat. And but who I, would be harder? I think who they would put up, um, is somebody who is very popular among Democrat voters, and that's Michelle Obama. Oh, and no. 
<laughs> no, I, please. I, it's I not, that, not Michelle Obama. <laughs> well, I think Michelle would be the figurehead in chief. She would just be public facing, um, go around to everybody and um, kiss babies, whatever. But I think her Dick Cheney would be Gavin Newsom or somebody of that ilk. So so he, he would be the vice presidential candidate? Yeah, like Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney oh didn't goodness. have... Yeah, that's, but, that's frightening. But I, I would hope that Bobby would actually have a chance against that. But frankly, I don't know. <laughs> well, for starters, he would very much probably have to have um, a Democrat vice president. Now there is Dennis Kucinich, but now you've got two white men. And How about Tulsi Gabbard? She left the Democratic Party. Oh, that's true. Well, she might come back for Bobby. I don't know if they'd let her. Maybe not, yeah. Remember, the DNC chairman can determine who is Democratic enough for thee, you know. I, Democrat for thee, but not for you or whatever. It, he, he, that's the person who gets to decide. And I don't think they would let her come back. Now, a possible good running mate for Bobby would be Susan Rice. She's intelligent, woman of color, but... Two problems with that. One, she's straight up woke and has all the politics opposite him. But as a Democrat, she would be a winning ticket for him. And the other problem. Well, that, that'd be is, like inviting them to shoot him. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's a recipe for assassination. Yeah. No, no. He's got to pick somebody, he, you know, like Cynthia McKinney. Of course, she's not a Democrat either anymore. But so pick somebody like that, that they, they don't want in office. They'll, they'll have to kill both of them at once. <laughs> Well, that's the problem. Who's he going to who, who's he going to um, nominate as the VP and still have the Democrat um, team say, no, you, you, you have violated being a Democrat. You're out. They can summarily do that. That it was thrown out in court that they're allowed to do that. Yeah, I, I just can't really think of that many decent Democrats anymore. Precisely. So here he's going into a milieu the, the, uh, as a Democrat candidate when it is so set up at every step of the way. Now, granted, he's he's got extraordinary momentum. He's, he brings all the, the Camelot hopes and dreams in there. But that's where you kind of have to ask, is this some hopium, Camelot hopium? Once the fairy dust settles and you actually look at the strategy – I believe he really wants to do this, but he's not naive and he's not incompetent. He's a lawyer. Maybe he's got some legal jujitsu that he knows that he can do during the primary season, but he has to win that primary. And okay, when, when he, one runs, part of it is we're getting all this publicity and truth telling out in the open. It doesn't matter if they're, if the Democrats don't have a debate, there will be debates. Tucker will do them. And it doesn't matter about the press. Who's listening to mainstream media anymore with all of the, um, so many different alternative places. I mean, every time you turn around, Bobby's talking somewhere else collectively. That's far more eyeballs than the mainstream media could deliver. So those were two main reasons not to go independent because you need that from the Democrats. The media will cover you, but no, those aren't true. So a lot of it is we're getting um, a wonderful um, message out there through Bobby. And he's, it's not just good because a lot of people, there's a lot of populist messaging coming out right now, but he's innovative even, and just, just intellectually far above 
um, any of the candidates. He, he's just, oh, he, he's spectacular. So here, um, why didn't he go independent? There would be hardly any roadblocks if he went independent, whereas going as a Democrat, he's facing roadblocks left and right. And he said he wants to heal the divide. Well, what could do that more than to run with um, somebody from the other side, a conservative VP? He can't do that from within the Democratic Party, and he can't start up his um, candidacy outside the Democratic Party at the 11th hour in um, early 2024. That's the 11th hour for doing that. So he claims that he truly wants to clean the swamp. So here we have another populist speaking person who wants to clean the swamp. Well, if he really wants to do that, it's at odds with trying to change the Democrat machine. If you truly were interested in actually getting elected, knowing his politics and knowing how um, how the Democrat machine now it has, by the courts, even been okayed to be as corrupt as they want to be, his best bet for doing what he claims he truly wants to do is to run independent. And that way he could have um, a conservative candidate. Um, he's just completely behind the eight ball in a way that is um, not even strategically logical. So, like, for example, some people have said, well, he knows he's going to lose. He's going to get the great the, all these great votes out there or, or excuse me, great conversations out there, open people up to new ideas. Um, and that is absolutely true. He absolutely is going to do that no matter what. But. um some people have said that he's in it, it he'll, he'll bow out maybe, or if he loses and still abides by the Democrats, because he's setting the stage for his son, Connor, in like 2028 or 2032 or something like that. Um, and so, see, the Kennedys can still run. Um, or maybe he would just be uh, abide abide by stuff so that maybe they throw him a an interesting bone like head of the EPA. So we don't know what what machinations he's going through. Maybe he just wants to be like a kingmaker. All right, he knows he's not going to win that, but maybe he can help decide who is um, going to win. He can help be. Um, uh, 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 kind of a poobah in that, the way um, Obama is. He becomes a, a, a strong leader in that way. But to really raise our hopes that we are going to potentially have him in the White House and so many logistics of being a Democratic candidate as opposed to um, setting himself up as an independent at this time is really defeating. And um, I, if he... There's three ways he could be a sheepdog. One is to, um, if he loses, one is to, it loses the primary as the presidential candidate. One is to um, endorse whatever Democratic reptile they put up. Two is just by getting all of these people, new registrations into the Democratic Party, right there alone, the Democrats are winning with him because he's bringing new registrants in. Who, um, who who knows, you know, what they'll do. But, I mean, and if I, I don't think most of the new registrants will not be people that would really stick around much or be of much benefit to the orthodox Democrat gatekeepers. 
that's true, but there's enough independents, and they're the true ones that you have to be swayed either way, who might just stay, might just go along with it. There are a lot of people who are enough people who are in between who might. So it's a form of um, being a sheepdog. And um, the third one is kind of a passive sheepdog. In other words, don't endorse anybody, and that would probably favor the Democrats, because if Bobby were to endorse an independent or even a Republican, that wouldn't be good, because he's going to come very close to winning the primary. We hope he wins. He's got the hurdle of the, the party if he wins, who might say, no, you're not really a good candidate. And then, of course, on the national scale, we have the whole hurdle of the elections in general. So, you know, but that's that's a different matter of uh, contention. This the the concern is what was the strategy for not going independent? It's it, there's just too many um, um, things that can blow up and trigger uh, um, a defeat for him, even if he gets the popular primary vote within the Democrats. Well, that, that's I, I would question that, Kat. You know, based on my own experience, um, I ran for Congress in 2008. And chose to do it as a libertarian, just to I'd get some debate going in the libertarian party, and I purposely provoked them by coming up for single payer health care, which pissed them all off. So they came up with an opponent for me in the primary, and you know got some media attention and stuff. But still, you know, I, I out I, I outdid Cynthia McKinney's vote in Wisconsin. She got like you know point five percent or something. I got like two point five percent, so I got five times as many people to you know, vote for me as, as she got running as a Green. However, uh, my friend Colonel Bob Bowman, who's one of the smartest people I ever knew, he's a Cal, Caltech rocket scientist, uh, he pointed out to me that, you know, going with the major party is really the way to, one, maximize your impact, and then, two, to actually have a chance of winning. And he did that, and he actually won, according to the polls, but not the crooked voting machines when he ran in Florida. Uh, so that, uh, his point was that if you run as a major party candidate, that you are just more likely to get more media and more votes, all other things being equal. And indeed, when I ran in 2008, uh, a friend of mine was running over across the state. He's you know, he was like a total unknown who was challenging for an open congressional seat. And he got, I think, 40 little over 40% of the primary vote. He had zero money, zero name recognition. He's just this, uh, this, uh, health, whatever, health techie guy. And just by being a Democrat, he got that 40% of the vote. So I really think that in this particular case, uh, as in almost all cases, running outside the two parties really requires a vastly bigger miracle than running inside one of them. And, you know, Trump, for example, could have run as an independent and in 2016. He would have lost. You know, he, he would have, you know, he, he wouldn't have gotten anywhere. He could have spent his, all of his money and all of his friends' money and raised a big pile. And he would have ended up, you know, pulling, you know, maybe 6% of the vote if he were super lucky, super successful. Instead, he, he won because he, he took over a major party. So I, I really disagree with your analysis, Ken. I don't, I think running as an independent, independent, is never going to get anywhere unless there's, you know, a, a massive miracle. 
Whereas, I don't think it'll take that big of a miracle for Bobby to win running through the Democrats. Yes, it'll be a miracle, but, you know, it's like he has a one in a hundred chance, or maybe one in ten, as opposed to one in a million. Um, Well, I disagree with that, Kevin, because, um, you know, this whole concept that no independent has ever won. Well, we live in extremely different times now. That was then. This is now. Um, more and more people are dissatisfied with both parties and are looking for a true populist. Um, and so there's this gaping hole now to galvanize people. You've got people dissatisfied in both parties. You've got independents and non-voters, all of them who would probably run towards a, an extraordinary person like Bobby Kennedy um, who I believe is a true populist. In Europe, we're seeing all manner of uh, populists just going way past the traditional parties. Um, that may have been in the past, but I don't think so now. And especially now with all of the tightening of the screws on running within um, the, um, the democratic machine. I think part of the reason that um, Trump won um, was because um, I, it's my understanding that they um, fixed the elections, not Trump per se, but the people who do all of this stuff. They needed a very polarizing figure. Trump supposedly was astonished the next day when they found out that they had won. Didn't even have a speech prepared. You're talking about the, uh, the general election in 2016, not the primaries. Exactly. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, I think he was um, – I, I think he was they, – they pulled – the levers so that Trump could get in so that it could be as polarizing as they wanted it to be. And so the Israelis would get everything they wanted. Um, among others. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and it was a very polarizing time. People were apoplectic. Trump derangement syndrome was, it's, it's still going on right now. So I don't think that he fully legitimately won because he went with one of the two traditional parties. I think now, in this day and age, right now, there's more than enough people who would have gone, um, who would go with an independent candidate. And I think that there would have been um, enough money for it. Um, I, I, I think he could have done it. And I think right now it actually is more um, strategically difficult to win if you're a truth-telling populist in the Democratic Party, the way they've got it set up, than from without. Well, I guess we'll agree to disagree. I don't think things have changed that much. Europe, yes. Europe is different. Europe doesn't have the kind of two-party system that we have here. But things are really congealed in the two-party system. And just as they've rigged the Democratic Party against outsider candidates, they've rigged the elections against non-mainstream uh, party candidates even more so. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I still, I, would, I mean, I wish it were true. I mean, I'd lo- I would love to see the demise of the two-party system. And maybe that's a smarter thing to work for than to work for some savior candidate within the system. I don't know. So that could be correct. But in terms of uh, the ability of a specific person such as RFK Jr. to maximize publicity, to be unignorable, and to have the possibility of starting a juggernaut that could conceivably lead him to the White House, I still think that he probably made the right choice by running as a Democrat. Again, because I, I think that just as I, I, I think Trump won the nomination, the Republican Party, against the wishes of the party establishment and the everything establishment, 
because if you start enough of a snowball rolling, you know, it just snowballs out of control. There was just no way they could rig the primaries against him. He had too much support. And it will RFK Jr. get that kind of support in the Democratic Party? Probably not. But it's not impossible. And I think running as independent would be pretty close to impossible you know, in terms of winning. And also, I mean, they'll marginalize him so much more as an independent. If he runs as an independent, he's, a, he's an heir to, like, Ralph Nader, you know. And they, like, they're already marginalizing him as this anti-vax guy, this conspiracy theorist. And then if they can say, oh, and he's just a marginal fringe third-party guy, uh, that makes it even easier. Whereas if he's a Democrat and he starts kicking Biden's butt in the primaries, he's going to be really tough to ignore. I think he can kick, I, I think he can win the Democratic primary. I think that there's a good chance if he, he has to get people to register as Democrats, he's not going to win if he doesn't do that. That has to be there. And so I'm really concerned. Um, you know, you're, you're, where's your strategy? Maybe once his, his own machine gets going and, and they'll start putting that messaging out, but he's had many, many interviews and he doesn't sign off with, okay, bye everyone. Be sure to register as a Democrat. That's what he needs right now. Why isn't he giving that message? Yeah. On so, the other hand, if I heard him saying that, there's a little part of me that would be like, ew, he's like, you know, cheerleading for the Democrats. <laughs> I know there's that double edged sword, but logistically, I mean, the whole point that he's with the Democrats, ew, right there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, what if he said, hold your nose and register Democratic? That, that would be better. Everybody knows that that's what he's basically saying, I would think. But he has to start giving that messaging because it's his the whole his whole um, um, opportunity to um, even have a chance at winning the presidency is dependent upon getting people to register as Democrats. And I haven't heard anybody really saying that yet. Hmm. Well, Him or other people. I mean, that's the logical first thing that has to be done. That kind of makes sense. Um I would hope somebody in his brain trust would figure that out, or even he himself. Uh, and, yeah, that, that's that's a good point, Kat. It does sort of make you scratch your head. Again, I mean, there is there are all those ordinary folks in the Democratic Party who are maybe not as enthusiastic about some of these high-level Democratic projects, like a, a doomed catastrophic war in Ukraine and, and all of the uh, alphabet soup, LGBTQXYZ, uh, no such thing as male and female, all this kind of stuff. I think alienates probably the majority of people who are already registered as Democrats. So uh, at some level, you know, or at least they're not too enthusiastic about it. So I, I'm not sure that the people who are already on the rolls are quite that hopeless. But yeah, you're right that getting a lot of excited people who are not registered as Democrats to suddenly do so to vote for him would be an obvious thing to do. And it is kind of odd that he hasn't said that yet. Right. That's the only way he can win in that format. But even at that, even if he trounces whoever the Democrat reptile nominee is, um, just on their own whims, they have been given sort of the legal conferring of being able to say, no, you're not a really true Democrat. We don't allow you to do it. That is what could actually happen. And then at the 11th hour, he has to go out unless he just wants to be um, a kingmaker and be a poobah and then decide what independent he's going to endorse or, you know, who he might want to endorse. But so you know, another angle to it, and I, I don't want to smear Bobby because I really, really like him. 
and I want him to win. So it's like, well, why are you saying this negative stuff? It's kind of negative in a way. Well, these are considerations that have to be addressed, and I don't hear them being addressed that much. Um, and that is where right now, all that we've been through, we are living through fifth-generation warfare. So that's massive psyops, um, deep fakes. We can't even watch videos and believe that what we're seeing with our own eyes is true. And uh, 20 years ago, we were fooled by things that can't fool us today. So seeing that we are un under intense warfare right now from these, these people in this fifth generation warfare, what kind of commensurate PSYOP or candidates are we being presented with now that we couldn't see, like we couldn't see what they gave us back in 2020 or something, you know, 20 years ago. What is it that we aren't seeing now? And um, Bobby looks like a real perfect candidate from if, if they had him. Now, I don't, I, I want to say looks like. I do not believe Bobby has it in his bones to do this. I, I find him to be an extraordinary spiritual leader. Um, he he is, is very religious, goes to church every day, does 12-step. He's just an extraordinary person. I don't want to believe that. But nonetheless, in this advanced PSYOP environment that we live in now, they would want to put a Bobby out there that could be controlled. But I, I don't think I don't think it is Bobby. But just just think about it and just wonder, well, why isn't he doing this? What I believe is right. I think the Democrats, um, that pathway is wrong because even the night before they can take it away from him, whereas if he were independent, they could not take a presidential nomination away from him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that, that was a little bit like, you know, one of my reasons for running as a libertarian in 2008, rather than, say, a Democrat or even Republican, was that that way I was likely, assuming I won the libertarian primary, which I did, was likely to be able to keep campaigning after that primary date, which was in what, early September or something like that. So the whole exciting part of the election season, or the most exciting part, is the fall leading up to the November election. And if you lose the primary and you're gone, then you've lost your soapbox. And I wanted to have that soapbox right up through the exciting part of the election. And so there's a parallel there with what you're saying, that uh, running as an independent would guarantee you some soapbox, whatever size it ends up being, right up through the uh, actual election. But in, in terms of the psyops, yeah, I, I'm sure that they're psyoping us in ways that we don't see. Although people, and people did see these psyops at the time. Uh, and, you know, it took me a few years to wake up to 9-11, but folks like uh, Bill Cooper and even Alex Jones saw that one coming a mile away. So, But they're yeah. few and far between. I'm talking about the general populace. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I don't think the general populace is really awake to Bobby's message either. You know, if they vote for him, it's not so much that they're fully aware of the issues he raises in his book, The Real Anthony Fauci, or fully aware of the issues he raises when he talks about the deep state's assassinations of his father and uncle. But it's more that they're responding to the magic of the Kennedy name. And, yeah, they can see he's a smart guy and, uh, and, and different and refreshing and this sort of thing, these sort of more emotional, intuitive, associative type uh, resonances are what actually get people to vote and to buy soap, <laughs> this brand over that brand and so on. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's it's 
so much, you know, what people are aware of, you know, people are really never all that aware of very much. Uh, but yeah, so it's always going to be a few, a few people are going to be few and far between who actually really understand any of these things. Um, but yeah, we should be trying to figure out what the next psyop is going to be. But what do you, th- speaking of which, what about this, uh, like virally propagating cyber catastrophe that the WEF is now telling us about? <laughs> it's on the way. But what is well, it? They, they've been saying that for a while. Um, I gave a presentation on, um, um, cyber polygon, um, a couple years ago that, um, Every year they keep say, they, they keep practicing it and doing simulations and actually doing some real ones out there. Some kind of hammer is going to come down. They they are planning. It, it's probably going to lead right up into the Fed now. That's going to happen in uh, July. It's going to roll out, which is the baby steps version of CBDC that they want to get us into. So yeah, they have all kinds of tools. I, I don't think they can whip out another. Um, a health pandemic again, but yeah, I believe that they've got some tricks up there. They got many tricks up their sleeve. Well, if they blow up the they... internet, though, I mean that takes out everything, including their own power. True, but I don't think they're going to have it last that long because that's their only way to communicate with us and propagandize us and censor us. So, so a couple of days without internet would uh, really freak everybody out. Um, yeah, and it'd lose a lot of money. Massive amounts of money are. Um, um, happen, uh, losses happen when they do that. So they're not going to do that for too long. So I don't think that's going to be their real key strategy to uh, just, you know, hammer us again with something. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be another virus, but they can put both of those together and still bring something else on top of it. They're throwing everything at us. We're getting fascism and totalitarianism and Mao's cultural revolution, i.e. woke, all of it they're throwing at once at us. Um, and it, it's so I do believe we're living in very difficult times, and it's like when um, – it's almost like a – I'm sure there's a word for it, but it's like we're going through a strange tunnel of transition, and anything could happen. We're at a massive species fork in the road, and we could go down the dystopia path. Or we can choose to be our higher selves as a species. Miracles can happen. Enough people, you said that they don't, you know, they don't know all the issues. Well, they don't know the issues like we do, but the, the populist are interested in populist candidates because they know something's really, really wrong. They may not know the details the way we do, but people are ready for a change. Astrologically, a change is meant to be coming right now. And so the question is, is are we going to um, are, are we going to stand up and walk this back? And um, I, I really appreciate some Camelot Hopium coming our way because he's um, it, reviving everything that um, John Kennedy and um, Robert Kennedy Sr. stood for and that many people still believed in but have become cynical now. So we're kind of looking for a miracle because we're really behind the eight ball. They're already um, in looking at phase three, and we're all just waking up from phase one of what they've done to us. And so we need some really um, um, just – shifts, big shifts. And I think that we have it within us. If enough people were to be awakened, I think, um, I think Bobby has extraordinary charisma and messaging that people 
are listening. So many people are saying, well, I'm Republican, but I would vote for that guy. He's going to get a lot of votes. And by the time they shut him down, they're not the Democrats are not going to let him win, even if he just completely trounces their um, selected nominee. And that puts him outside then of trying to win from outside in what way he could have started outside and and be miles ahead. He, he's he's going to be kicked out of that crack house, if you will. He's going to be kicked out of it. And then where's he going to go? Um, he'll have he'll be a poobah able to put an endorsement out there. You know, maybe there's going to be a third party. There's there, there might be independence. There's Green Party, Libertarian. Um, there's going to be a People's Party. Um, so he might go with one of those. But if he had just run independent the whole time, um, he could have been a powerful force in that milieu. Because I think all of his energy is going to just in a minute just can get cut off. But I don't want to end on a negative note. We can shift this. And he has it in him to galvanize enough people that we can have this kind of extreme level of optimism that people do get excited because people remember the Kennedys. They were well loved and people might even vote for him just out of spite for having assassinated both um, his father and his uncle. I could see some of that. Well, I, I, cer- I certainly will vote for him <laughs> with that kind of spite. I've lived my whole life since I was 15 and discovered the JFK assassination problem with a certain amount of bile uh, over that issue. Yeah. Well, he's just a different candidate. Have you seen the picture of him um, doing the backflip, that video? No. Oh, my God. It's just so spectacular. He's with a bunch of kids, probably fresh air kids, and he's on a boat. And he does a backflip. It's like, oh, my God, could Biden do that? Could Trump do that? It reminds me of um, Putin riding um, bare-chested on the horse. Mm-hmm. We got a he-man here, a real, and he's an intellectual. I mean, there's just so many exciting things about him that can shift it. He's, besides being spiritual, he's a visionary. Um, he's um, He's just physically strong and intellectually strong. He's um, had over 400 lawsuits against corporations and um, agencies. And he's just, he truly wants to heal the divide. He'll go on any podcast, no matter how fringy left or right, because he believes in dialogue. I'll have to get him on here then sometime. But, but, you know, Kat, you're not holding up the anti-RFK junior end of this debate very well. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean to be anti-RFK. I support him completely, but we have to ask these questions because even now we might decide, yeah, maybe that makes sense. I'll register as independent. Well, he's so smart. I'm sure he thought of that, but I think it's a wrong call to go Democratic. And he's got all of our hopes up, and then it's he's he's the Democrat in the crack house. It's not going to happen. But see, I, I don't think it's hopium. That metaphor, I don't think it really works here, you know, because – Hope, per se, is not hopium. I mean, hope is just what keeps people going. You know, each day they have, you know, some idea of a better future that they want to head for. And uh, hopium, that metaphor, refers to the possibility of having some sort of illusory hope that actually paralyzes action or in the same way that that opium keeps people from taking taking action. That's what Karl Marx was, of course, talking about with his opium of the people crack about religion. And so... In this case, I, I don't, you know, and of course, Marx himself went on to say that, well, yeah, religion is the heart of a heartless world. And 
So, uh, but in this case, I don't think that scenting, you know, saying, whoa, wait a minute, we've got this incredible candidate who happens to be a Kennedy who's on the ball in all of these red-pilled ways that we've been talking about for so long. Uh, it's it's so amazing. So what are we going to do? We're going to just like roll over and not do productive things that we would have done otherwise because he's running? I don't think so. I mean, if anything, it's the opposite. I think just in the same way that Martin Luther King Jr. was getting people up off their butts in, in the black neighborhoods, in many cases, to riot. And indeed, one of the reasons they killed him, according to William Pepper's informant, who was a colonel in the U.S. military, was that they did these focus group studies in the ghettos, and they found out that these rioters were motivated by a certain sense of empowerment coming from Martin Luther King Jr. So that wasn't that wasn't hopium he was selling by any means. And likewise with RFK Jr., I don't see what he's bringing to the table here as putting anybody to sleep or making them nod off or not do things when otherwise they would be doing productive things. So I, I don't see how it could possibly be hopium. In the way you... Um defined hopium no not at all i i agree with you but my concern is i believe hope is a very excellent word for bobby we have a lot of hope with him not hopium as you defined it the concern is he goes all the way through in the the um, narrow path that he's taken and gets cut off all that energy we invested and the logistics of it all cut him off. It's sure going to feel like hopium after it's all said and done. Um, I, I, I think he's going to get cut off from there. I yeah. don't think he's going to win. But then I have a bet with my sister that um, if he gets, if he doesn't win there, I have a bet with her that he will probably um, endorse the Democrat nominee because he can't endorse the Republican. No, I'll, I'll, I'll bet with your sister on that one. I'm- <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, what what gets me is I heard um, you you said that um, with someone he said, well, I won't uh, vote for anyone who's for the Ukraine war. Um, well, actually, um, he came straight out and said he would never uh, um, run with Trump or endorse Trump. Never. So why can't he say that about Biden or any of the Democrats who would run? They're all going to be reptiles. I a thousand percent can sit here and say I will not vote for any of the Democrats who win. And if I do, it's because they're equal to Bobby, in which case that you know washes. Who would need Bobby if somebody Democratic runs who's equal to him? They won't be. So right now I can say I am not going to vote for any Democrat except Bobby. But why can't Bobby say that? If he could say never Trump, how come he can't say no that he won't endorse Biden? Right out, just say it. And I know that there's there's diplomacy and stuff, but he's the truth. He's the truth teller. He's he's supposed to say what he means to say. But I guess there's the oath. Did he sign it? That you have to have some kind of uh, deal. He's just be kinder and gentler. Pardon? He's being he's like the kinder, gentler, and much smarter version of Trump, right? Where in other words, he's he's not you know, even if he would never uh, endorse Biden, the way he's going to say it now is, uh, well, no, I won't endorse anybody who's for the Ukraine war. Well, is he going to endorse him when push comes to shove? That's that's the big I, question. I think I think your sister's right. <laughs> I don't that think he, he will. Well, do you think he's just going to sit on his hands and not endorse anybody? Probably, yeah, that would be a lot more, unless there's somebody good. But that's a passive know. sheepdog vote for endorsing the Democrat nominee. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I'm sorry, say it again? That's a passive, uh-huh. sheepdog way to say I endorse the Democrat nominee. Hmm. Well, I guess, but I mean, if there's nobody to endorse, I mean, I'm not, I have never endorsed anybody hardly, <laughs> except for when I vote for Cynthia McKinney or something like that. But. Well, if it's between Biden and Trump, you wouldn't endorse Trump? Mm, well, as I just said in my recent article, I'm actually getting, <laughs> I'm getting dangerously close to contemplating being able to vote for Trump. Yeah, but it's uh, sickening. I don't want to. I know who wants to. Or would you endorse um, a third party candidate with Tulsi? Maybe. Would you? You, you, know, you know, you're you're holding my feet to the fire, but fortunately the show is over. I think I, I hear bumper music on the way, so I don't have to answer until uh, maybe next False Flag Weekly News. Are, are you on False Flag Weekly News next week, Kat? I think you are. I hope yeah. you don't. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll get back to you then, and, and maybe I'll have an answer about who I'm going to endorse. <laughs> Okay, go Bobby. I want Bobby to win. Bobby, go Bobby. Okay, we agree on that part. Thank you so much, Kat McGuire. It's always a joy talking with you. Looking forward to the next one next week. Okay. Take care. Thank you for listening to.